This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Miami Dolphins Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We have a full crew today, and I'm going to need all the help I can get. Because, gentlemen, while the Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins are battling out in joint practices, I have my own battle that I need to figure out. I have never watched The Office once in my life, but as I was returning home from today, uh, driving to Dalton, there's this company called Crane Paper. They've actually were pretty big back in the day, and they said they had this huge sign up that said, "Sale, blowout sale." So, guys, let me start by asking you: What on earth does a paper company sell in a blowout sale? I'd love to hear this. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they sell paper. Would they but not? Are we, but what, what are we talking here? Like, are they getting? Are they selling dollar bills? Are they? Are you just going to get lots of paper? Eleven? Like, like lots what, of is, paper. what are we talking here? Is it going to be thick? Are we going to get the cardboard? Like, like, what are we doing here? Never Maybe. saw the office and never ate a Big Mac. Like, what? What's going on here? Josh, that's the only way someone can kind of fit into your groove, right? You need to have the yin and the yang, and that's how I was created because you're an office and Big Mac guy. So that's kind of how we came to be. I only started watching The Office, I think, uh, during my first child when she was – my wife was pregnant, like, when she was first born. So, yeah, I was a late bloomer, too. So, you still got time. You still got time. I'm such a fan of The Office that when I was driving around Pennsylvania during my vacation trying to find Josh, I took a picture of the highway sign that was the exit for Scranton. I was like, ooh. They say Vic, Vic Fangio's hometown. Oh, there's a nice oh, collection. wow. They say it's paper and paper-related products. Can can someone tell me one thing? If you say a paper clip, I'm going to kick you off this. Folder, screen. a folder, a Folks, binder, stapler, trapper keeper. I can go buy yes. like a hundred, hundred, hundred folders. Paper footballs. I and we're back to, on track, baby. <laughs> I tried to start a paper football business in like second grade. It was, and I forgot how to kick those or fold those. So guys, let's get into it. That's enough nonsense. So, like I mentioned at the top, the Miami Dolphins are duking it out with the Houston Texans, and it's important to keep in mind as we discuss this stuff, this is two teams that faced last year. Uh, the Dolphins pretty much kicked the doors open in the first half. The second half, I remember, was a little scary, but nothing too, too crazy. Uh, so, gentlemen, let's start by running through the injuries. What have we heard so far about the Miami Dolphins and Houston Texans um, down in Houston? We're, we're, it feels like deja vu. We're, we're dealing with a, a litany of defensive back injuries once again. You know, crazy. first – First, Jalen Ramsey goes down. Then Cam Smith uh, deals with the shoulder injury during their uh, first preseason contest with the Falcons, and he's been limited at practice. I think he's just been kind of going out there and stretching and going through individual drills, basically anything that doesn't involve your arm because, you know, he doesn't have a leg injury. He can run out, get out there and do stretches and run sprints and whatnot. Uh, and today we find out from Mike McDaniel that now Cater Kohu is dealing with something. What that is, we don't know. Um, much like Cam Smith, he was out there stretching, going through uh, individual stuff, did not participate in team drills. So the defensive back room, once again, uh, suffering through, battling through some some dings here and there. Um, nothing sounds super serious uh, with Smith and Kohu there. does sound like they'll both be available uh, fingers crossed, knocking on wood here. They'll both be available for week one. Um, but but you hate to see that. <laughs> you know, we're all a little scarred from last year's defensive back injuries that just they like uh, 
like uh, they, they just kept coming. Like it, they didn't stop. They never they never ended. It was just a, a year long thing. So hopefully they can get through this and they can remain healthy there. Um, you know, Liam Eikenberg's injured. Do we? Can I ask Josh about the cornerbacks real quick? I'd like to yeah, get his yeah, thoughts absolutely. on them. So, so Josh, one thing I think we heard that's a little interesting is the fact that Cam Smith wanted to go out there and prove to his teammates that, you know, he wanted to stay on the field, show those guts. Yeah. What do you say in that presser in college about just letting his nuts drop or something gotta, like that? I mean, yeah, let the nuts drop. next man up, just let your nuts drop. And that's, that's what he's doing. So um, it's definitely not what you want to hear him and Cater being out, but the fact that it's now, I'd much rather them be out sitting now doing stretches, things like that, and just waiting for week one because uh, the preseason to a lot of these guys, it matters. They're trying to make a roster spot, but Cater Co, who's not one of those guys, and Cam Smith, I mean, I think we've seen enough of him. So just let his balls drop. He wanted to go out there and prove to his teammates that he was a dog, and um, he showed that, right? But uh, let's wrap him and cater in uh saran wrap you know bubble wrap until the season starts merrick defined it perfectly in terms of how we should feel about these and josh defined it. it's it's bubble wrap season anytime anybody starts limping any type of injury it's wrap them up in bubble wrap and kick it down the road and see how they're feeling in a week guys nick needham still isn't out there practicing that's another one we were really hoping would kind of get involved here uh so Knowing that these guys are out, but let me hear some of the names that you guys have been interested to follow along, especially in this cornerback room, because I always go back to uh, Kedron Smith. Uh, he's kind of a versatile safety cornerback, but he looked really, really strong in that first preseason game, considering it's the first preseason game. Well, I think the first guy you got to mention is the guy that's probably going to start opposite Xavier Howard week one, and that's Noah Igbenogany, who Wild. has turned it on as of late uh talk about waiting until the last minute to do so right like like he's in the final year of his contract obviously the team did not pick up his fifth year option um former first round selection on the miami dolphins who's done pretty much nothing outside of a a game ceiling interception against the pittsburgh steelers last year um, but other than that, he's been a major, major disappointment. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And all of a sudden, uh, in the Vic Fangio defense in a, in a more zone based scheme, he seems to be, uh, he seems to be taken off. He's, he's sprouting some wings here, uh, which, you know, probably has a lot to do. Like I, like I said, with the zone based scheme, the Vic Fangio defense, but also could have something to do with the fact that he's growing up. He's older. He was what, 19 years old when he was drafted into the NFL. That's insanity. That that's crazy. Him and Jackson. At, it's crazy. Yeah. I look at pictures from when I was 19 years old and I look like a, a small child compared to, uh, you know, th this, this body I live in at 37, uh, not quite a drastic difference, that drastic of a difference for Noah Igbenogany, but, but he's, he's turning into a man, you know what I mean? Like, like that has to do something. And we all saw the presser for from a couple weeks ago and he seems more at ease, more, he, he has peace of mind now. So he's growing up uh, physically, he's growing up mentally and emotionally. That's going to help him on the field. And currently it is because all, all signs uh, point to a, a major year ahead for Noah Igbenogany. And I probably just jinxed him there, but hopefully not. Josh, who would start the slot in that scenario? Yeah, I still think it's got to be Cater. I think that's kind of where they were trying to get him going, Cater in the slot there. So what, no on the outside? I mean, I was going to say another guy we're watching is Eli Apple just because of his experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a chance that he could get in there and snipe some of those, um, I guess, reps. But I still think the best way to go about it is, again, I think it just depends on how they view Cater Coho. If he's a, a more a better suitor for the outside or inside, I think they were planning on having him in the inside, so they're going to go with him there and then, Noah Igbenogany versus Eli Apple, you know, Cam Smith, if he comes back sooner than later, it's a battle. It's a fun battle. And I'm excited to see what Vic Fangio can do with them. I mean, that's why you give the down and hope that he can do something this year under a great coach like that in his do or die season. It is such a tough scenario. It kills me that we're back on this in the secondary. I want to ask you guys, and we'll wrap up with the cornerbacks with this. Where would Eli Apple have to land, let's say, Three, three weeks from now for you to be surprised. That could be up, down, around, playing safety. Um, where do you feel his expectations are in terms of being in that box in this cornerback room that is relatively already solidified? Well, with these injuries, you know, coming as of late, I think that only helps Eli Apple mm -hmm. because I, honestly, when you look at the contract, very little money guaranteed to Eli Apple. 
a couple weeks ago, I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me he was cut before the season start, before the season started. And, you know, he brings that veteran presence. So I would like to see Eli Apple on this team. But again, I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me that, that he was cut before the season started. I think with these injuries now, he has uh, a better chance to stick. So I think there's a wide range of possibilities uh, all the way up to he's starting opposite Xavier Howard or he's off the team by the time week one rolls around. I don't think his position is solidified at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope we don't have to rely on Eli Apple, I guess, is what the best way to view it. I guess it depends on how some of these guys are truly feeling that, you know, are just going out there and stretching. We mentioned Cam Smith, Kierko, so... Uh, we'll see the way it unfolds, but yeah, we could see him in free agency. You know, we could be seeing him play on another roster by the time the season starts, but it's all T.L.I. Apple and, again, a lot of those injuries. A decade-long conversation continues on. Uh, Merrick mentioned it a little while ago, but Liam Eichenberg, he was on the bike a few – Jump in and correct me if I'm wrong with any of this because this stuff changes so quickly. But I believe a couple days ago they said he was on a bike, but he wasn't necessarily injured. And all of a sudden we have Robert Hunt playing, excuse me, Robert Jones playing well. We have Lester Cotton playing well. So can we get a little bit of a vibe check about what on earth is helping with this offensive line? Because I'm about, I don't know, two tweets away from saying Robert Hunt should be right tackle and have those two guys play guard. Well, I think, uh, I think what's hurting Liam the most right now are his feelings. Because I, I feel like this, uh, this bike riding stint is more of a punishment than anything else, any other injury he might be dealing with. I think they might be turning the page on Liam Eikenberg. I think they brought in uh, plenty of competition. Uh, Isaiah wins here. Dan Feeney's here. He's kind of battling his own injury right now. But then you mentioned it. Robert Jones playing well. Lester Cotton playing well. I think Liam Eikenberg's days as a starter on this team are not just numbered, but they're over. I, th I think the Liam Eikenberg experience is done. Nail and Coffin. And I I think Special. so. I, I really do. I think you'll see Isaiah Wynn start at left guard. But like you mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised to see Robert Jones or Lester Cotton shore up that position. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a right guard spot open at some point here. But uh, as far as the left guard spot goes and as far as Liam Eikenberg goes, uh, I'm, I'm done with them, and I think the Dolphins are too. Yeah, get him get him off our team. I think in Jake's pool, I voted for a win at left guard and then Jones at right guard and uh, Robert Hunt at right tackle. So that's Crazy, where I went right? with that. But yeah, that, that's where I went with that. So I don't know, man. If Liam Eikenberg never starts another game for the Dolphins, I think we'll all be okay, right? We'll, we'll all be at ease and feel be content with that. I think he's only on the roster still because of how high they, you know, they moved up for him still in his rookie deal. But yeah, get him off my team. Maybe and for cl for clarity's sake, that's exactly what I was referencing to Josh. I did not think that – I don't want anyone out there to think I was saying bench Robert Hunt or trade him or get him off the team. I meant maybe you see Robert Hunt play right tackle, and if we got multiple guards that are excelling now, maybe a Robert Jones or a Lester Cotton can play over on the right side if you got Isaiah Wynn on the left. And then Feeney lurks, like you mentioned. Someone mentioned Feeney. Yeah. It's so hard. Do you engineer this offensive line? Do you reverse engineer this offensive line? Because we could happily sit here and say Teron Armstead is a left tackle, Connor Williams is a center, and we'd be geniuses. However, after that, there are just so many different pieces to the puzzle where in years past, I think there might have been a sixth, maybe a seventh offensive lineman who was really competing. But this is a scenario where, you know, I mentioned Robert Jones and Lester Cotton as two guys who have made some noise but the Dolphins a month ago signed Isaiah Wynn so there are just so many different avenues this offensive line is going to go down where it's a little strange because I will block mute kick anybody who says they need to trade an offensive line right this is a great problem to have uh, so to kind of wrap this up to kind of get a gut check obviously we're going to learn more come Saturday as the Dolphins and Texans play in what should be the dress rehearsal but can I get your guys's um, we'll just do first week of the season. What is going to be that opening weekend in LA against the Chargers? Um, who's going to be starting on that offensive line? Yeah, and I think they got to figure this out sooner rather than later, especially if they're going to be playing starters um, this weekend uh, in the preseason game against the Texans. You want you want your guys out there protecting Tua because God forbid Tua gets injured in a preseason game, heads are going to roll. Uh, but as far as week one goes, he I will predict. Obviously, Teron Armstead starting at left tackle. Uh, even though I don't, did you guys see Adam Beasley today? Like 
you know, putting it out there that that maybe Armstead wouldn't be ready for week one due to his injuries. That's crazy. We better hope that that's not the case because this team cannot afford to not have Teron Armstead out there at the, the beginning of the season. So I will predict predict uh, Teron Armstead, left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, left guard. I will take Connor Williams, obviously, as your starting center, Robert Hunt as your right guard. And I think I'm still rolling with Austin Jackson. He's on a short leash. But I'm rolling with Austin Jackson right now. And if he uh, starts to struggle, you could easily see Kendall Lamb taking over that starting spot. Or, like we talked about a few minutes ago, moving Robert Hunt over there and giving Lester Cotton or Robert Jones a shot at the right guard spot. Yeah. I, I mean, when you, before you started talking, I quick wrote down my answer so I didn't forget it. And I was going with Armstead at left tackle, Wynn at left guard, Williams at center, Hunt at right guard, and Jackson a right tackle. So I mean I feel so dirty just echoing. We're on you, the so. same page. Yeah, it so makes I'm gonna much sense. But we're gonna move Hunt out. We'll move Hunt out to right tackle and then uh Robert Jones at right guard. I, that's what I'll do just to be different. But I think it'll be I prefer Jackson. to do that. Yeah. Austin I would Jackson's prefer gonna to get do a that. chance. Austin Jackson's gonna get a chance. He looks like an Avenger yeah. now. Um did you guys see the video of Connor Williams getting his like shit kicked in by one of the Texans? <laughs> sure did. Back? Yeah. You don't like to see that. No. How far do we go? Um, we don't have to go too deep into detail, but if Austin Jackson isn't your right tackle, he has experience at left guard. How how likely are you guys to move someone? Like, a Rob, what would need to happen for this offense for you to look at Robert Hunt, square in the eyes, excuse me for dropping stuff, and say, all right, man, we've spent years making you our left right guard. I've been on this podcast numerous times saying, I think continuity, stability is so important. But what what would we need to see against the Houston Texans for us to actually start the dialogue of, um, much like Ryan Tannehill was a right wide receiver, Robert Hunt indeed was a right tackle. Well, I guess you're going to have to see Tua stay upright because if he doesn't and Tua gets sacked multiple times in his uh, limited reps against the Texans in this second preseason game, for me personally, that would be enough to say, all right, we're done. Austin Jackson, you are out of here. You know, obviously, if that's Austin Jackson's fault. You're out of here. We're putting Robert Hunt over there. We got a couple of guys who've been excelling in practice uh, at the guard spot. And you know what? I don't I don't think Robert Hunt would be adverse to that. Tackles get paid more than guards, and this dude's up for an extension. So <laughs> I think Robert Hunt would welcome uh, that move uh, with open arms. But it's all going to come down to can they block long enough for Tua to get the ball off so he doesn't take sacks, so he doesn't get injured, so he can play a full 17-game season, so the Dolphins can win football games, get to the playoffs, win playoff games, make a Super Bowl, and win a GD Super Bowl for the first time in a long time. Uh, but, it, but it all starts on, on Saturday, right? If we see two out there. Dude, I'm like the parakeet from Aladdin, because that's exactly what I was going to say about the whole price thing. Maybe the Dolphins are just waiting for him to get through this, sign him cheaper as a guard, and then make the transition to, to right tackle. But I, I remember I did Genius. cut-ups for, for him again, like when he played at right tackle, cut-ups against the New England Patriots. I'm sure I posted on Twitter and things like that. I mean, I was always a fan of him moving to right tackle, but I think we mentioned it before on the pod. I think they view him at right guard as like an all-pro, and then – you know, a solid but very good right tackle. So we'll see if they break the – in case of emergency, I still think they hope that Austin Jackson works out. But mm -hmm. uh, we'll see, man. Robert Hunt's the man. Let's just make sure we lock him up. Pay the man, right? Just like Christian Wilkins. We got to talk about Christian Wilkins at some point, right? I don't, I don't even know where we're transitioning You at. just did the – you know, Josh, you should have just walked all the way into the batter's box because you just nailed the segue for me. You guys are talking about contracts. I mean, this is something we should have talked about at the top. Uh, but Tuesday – Wednesday was the first day that we have heard uh, Christian Wilkins. Thanks for the fact check on that, Josh. Uh, today was the first day we heard that Christian Wilkins hasn't been practicing in team team drills, I should say, um, because him and the Dolphins are talking about a new contract and he doesn't want to get hurt. This is very newsworthy. I don't think it's surprising. I don't think it's a shock, and I don't think anyone's on the wrong side. I think everything's happened the way it's supposed to. Do you guys have any gripes there? I guess my only gripe would be, be with, with Chris Greer for not getting it done sooner. And mm -hmm. while I am not in the camp, like some people on Dolphins Twitter, it's not even called, it's, was it Dolphins X now? Like, it's, this is dumb. All of this is dumb. But on Dolphins social media, uh, I'm not in the camp, as some are, where you crap on everything Chris Greer does. I think Chris Greer is actually a pretty darn good GM, and that's the reason why this roster is as good as it is right now. But one area of concern I still have with Chris Greer is he doesn't get these extensions done early enough 
to where they could be bargain deals in a year or two. He waits a long time. And you, you're seeing him. Yep. Ogba is, is an example. You see that right now with, with some other guys. You know, two is going to end up being expensive. I understand waiting on him. You want to see if he stays healthy. Um, but but you got uh, Christian Wilkins right now who just a year ago, you probably could have got away with paying him $17.5, million a year. But now the defensive tackle market has been completely reset with a handful uh, of new contracts for some stud guys this offseason. And now you're looking at $21, $22 million a year for Christian Wilkins. And the difference between $17 and $22 is $5 million, which you could have probably put in Dalvin Cook's pocket, and he'd be a, a Miami Dolphin instead of a New York Jet right now. So let's not pretend that $5 million is insignificant in NFL money. So I'd like to see that deal get done. I do think it will. I think him holding out a team drills. And Mike McDaniel, when he talked about that today, he he didn't sound concerned. He understood the value that Christian Wilkins brings to this team. So it sounds like they're all kind of on the same page, and they might just be dotting some I's and crossing, crossing some T's right now. But I do think a Christian Wilkins deal gets done before the start of the regular season. Yeah, I just don't understand why Chris Greer just kind of sat on his ass and watched all these other defensive tackles get paid before then saying, okay, I, now I'm going to pay the guy I was probably planning on paying, you know, six months ago. So um, I don't understand any of that. But Mike McDaniel did say at his presser, I saw him say it was up to Wilkins when he'd return to practice. So I don't know. Does that make it sound like he has a deal on the table that he should just sign and get back out there? Or is that his way of saying um, it's all on Christian Wilkins, this little hold in or hold out, whatever the hell they're calling it? That's such a good question. It's a hard one to digest. Um, you do wonder if there was something behind that. And, and Josh, I kind of thought there might have been, but I think it would have been too obvious if he said it was up to, you know, and, and kind of pointed like, hey, Christian, we have a deal on you. I think it's more of just letting him know, like, we, we support however long you're going to be out. We'll be ready for you the moment you come back. And Xavier Howard actually said some pretty great things about this, too, that I thought was important because, um, what, a couple years ago when you signed Byron Jones to make him the highest paid cornerback on the team, Xavier Howard wasn't going to have that. He had, I think he actually held out. This this is a hold in, but I think Howard was actually out. Um, and it was awkward at first, but slowly the Dolphins worked through a game of pay raise and then gave him a better contract at the end of the year. I do think things might be a little more similar here, but what were you guys' thoughts? Did that kind of make you feel a little better hearing X kind of talk about it? Someone who's been through the same process with the organization, a lot of the same front office guys? X is a good teammate, and and most of the players understand that when it comes to money, you're going to support your teammate because eventually you're going to be in the same boat. You know, a year from now, you're going to be looking at Javon Holland getting some money. A couple of years from now, Jalen Phillips getting some money. Jalen Waddle is going to need to be paid here soon. Tua Tunga Bailoa is going to need to be paid if he can stay healthy. Uh, so I think these guys understand. Hey, we want Christian to get the best deal for Christian. Uh, because eventually we're going to want the same thing. So uh, I think X said all the right things, but he also said, hey, Christian's got to be ready when he does get that contract. He's got to be ready to come back and perform on the field. So make sure you're staying in shape. And by all accounts, Christian is. Uh, I saw a tweet, I can't remember who it was from, that he was running wind sprints after practice was over. So um, that's a good sign. And, and I just continue to think, like we have for months, uh, that this deal is going to get done sooner rather than later. I do think it gets done before the season starts. Yeah, and it'll get, you know, the locker room all fired up, like Jake mentioned before, you know, the chemistry and get everybody jazzed up. I, I was completely uh, – I overlooked this. You know, I was being simple-minded, that Dory brain. I wasn't even thinking. He's probably also sitting out because they might be on the brink of getting this contract done, and they don't want him getting hurt in joint practices. I mean, mm -hmm. I, that's an obvious thing, but I – I just realized that. So, um, it, you took the positive spin. Who would ever do that? Who would ever think that he's doing wow. this to stay safe when a contract's almost done? Josh, are you a Dolphins fan? Do you, is that a Dolphins hat? It's <laughs> a bunch, bunch of Dolphins stuff behind me too. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's interesting because I think everyone's being so professional about this. You mentioned the wind sprints. I think he during all of practice, he was sitting there with his helmet on cheering on his guys. I think Raquan Davis got a pretty big sack and Christian Wilkins went absolutely nuts on the sideline. I don't think he jumped on anyone's foot. Surprise, uh, surprise. Raquan needs, Raquan needs to get paid too. Sack sealer. It, it is bananas. The list that goes on and on. You um, said Robert Hunt, right? We got to remember Robert Hunt. Yeah. 
it's just nice that it seems like the organization is is comfortable talking about this because I think we will see other front offices. I mean, it's so tough if you only follow one team to really have an impression on how the NFL works. Uh, but I mean, you're starting to see a team that is very comfortable and, and open about talking about this stuff. And I think that's a result of, uh, Tua mentioned it, this is a team that's led by players, players, excuse me. This is a team that is built from the players, by the players, for the players. The coaching staff is there to direct, maneuver everything. The front office is there to kind of fill the cupboard. But to me, that kind of says like, hey, we can have these conversations. We know what these guys are worth. And it's not going to be awkward and it's not going to hurt anything, us being able to talk about this openly. And I think that's very important too. Yeah, and and I think Teron, Teron Armstead even mentioned the same thing. You know, like it, it feels like everybody's got each other's backs and you would think so that, would, that would lead to a deal. He's... Christian Wilkins is so important to that locker room. He's not just important to them on the field um, where he is very important, but to the locker room and the continuity there and getting his dudes fired up. He's, he's always excited for him. So it, it's just, it's a no brainer to get this thing done. And if somehow Chris Greer fumbles this, then you might see me jumping the fence to the other side where I'm telling, all right, we got to get rid of this fellow. We got to, we got to figure out how we can keep these young studs before they go and ball out for other teams. Josh, you got anything else on uh, Christian Wilkins here? Because I, I want to get your th- – actually, I'll ask you this. Is it kind of lame that we're just sitting here and saying it all boils down to sacks? I think that is very kind of a lazy analysis that's going on when um, the the big hurdle that everyone is reporting, and they're all saying, we believe. Keep that in mind. This is all people making things up, and they're clear about it. They're saying, we believe. The, the idea is Christian Wilkins isn't worth the money because he isn't that guy to go get sacks. Uh, but Joshua, Christian Wilkins had a sack in the playoffs, two quarterback hits. I don't necessarily know, like, we can sit here and have that Twitter debate. I don't know if that's exactly what the GM, Chris Greer, and, and um, you know, Christian Wilkins' um, agency is really talking about as that line in the sand. No, I think sacks get overblown because it's the easy statistic to look up. And, I mean, I think what Christian Wilkins does goes far beyond what the stats and things like that. So, um, I say pay the man. We've been saying pay the man for you know the better part again six months. He would have been a lot cheaper if they would have just paid the man when we brought it up. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about from the joint practice? Because that's what we're doing here, right? We're also talking about joint practice. Is that it? <laughs> no, I, I think we covered it. Uh, Merrick, we kind of had an interesting talk um, in our group chat because the beat reporters tweet so much about these practices, giving you know every play updates mm-hmm. and. While we can sit here and say Tua threw an interception, Tyree killed a 70-yard reception, uh, two interceptions. We'll even throw them both out there. I don't necessarily know if that's a takeaway that can kind of build us towards the regular season. I, I think we're going to learn more from Lester Cotton. Not nearly as exciting as Tua throwing an interception. <laughs> I just think that we're learning more about this team from what's happening with like a Lester Cotton and a Robert Jones more than, oh, no, Tua threw an interception on the last day of practice, which is it is an interesting dialogue to have. Yeah, I mean, the play-by-play at training camp, uh, that drives everybody crazy. You know, some people live and die by each tweet uh, or zeet, and some people, uh, you know, some people wait until the end of practice, and they kind of just, they gather a general consensus from the beat writers. You know, what was the vibe today? Was it up? Was it down? And by all accounts, it was actually a very good day for the Miami Dolphins offense. Uh, and if, uh, if, if Travis Wingfield, uh, who works for the Dolphins now, is to be believed, that second interception, that second pick six that Jalen Petrie, the safety for the Texans, took to the house right at the end of practice, that one shouldn't have even counted because uh, Tua Did hit Tyreek. They don't actually count. There's no. I don't believe they keep a, a record book for training camp stats. But uh, to Wingfield's point, Apparently, Tua threw a touchdown pass to Tyreek the play before that, and then they just respotted the ball at the 20-yard line because they were like, ah, there's a little bit more time. Let's let's see what we can do here. So in reality, Tua already led the team to a touchdown to end practice, and then they were like, eh, one more throw, and then he throws the pick six. So you do wonder, you know, where was Tua's head at there? Did he really care? Was it kind of like a YOLO moment where he's like, hey, I already got the touchdown here. Let's just see what we can do. Uh, You know, there's video of that on social media. If you'd like to find it, you can do a quick little search there. Uh, It was a great play by Petrie. But uh, by all accounts, it was also a very good day for the Miami Dolphins offense. So we can't just sit here and nitpick certain things. And also with these interceptions and with the offense, quote unquote, struggling in these joint practices, you got to remember, this is to his second year 
under Coach McDaniel. He's not trying to get you know the the base of the offense down, the core principles of the offense down. Now he's trying to go out here and do calculus, right? Like he's not doing addition, subtraction. Uh, multiplication division. He's out here doing advanced calculus, trying to really, really dig into this offense and and, and see how far he can take it. So that's going to lead to, you know, some more difficult pass attempts, uh, maybe some things that he wouldn't necessarily do on game day. Maybe he would just throw the ball away or, or, or crumble and take a sack. Not, not that kind of sack, not the injury uh, causing sack, like a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type where you just kind of fall at the defender's feet. Uh, which hopefully he's learned to do. But yeah, he's trying things in practice that he wouldn't try in a game because you're not really penalized for it in practice, except for overzealous fans on social media that you know think the sky is falling. So and I'm not mention it on podcasts. You're you're you meant you just did the whole thing. You are part of this group. You cannot say no. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to dialogue. calm people down. I'm you, trying to calm them down. You calm a them down bit. by telling the whole story. Yeah, yeah, we. I, I ran you. I ran you through it. I painted a picture, right? I said what happened, but then I said what really happened, which is he threw a touchdown the play before. So I don't know if you know this, but after you score a touchdown on game day, they don't respot the ball. Was it game 20. day? Was it game day? <laughs> but if it was game day, the touchdown would have happened. The six points would have been on the board, and they wouldn't have been like, ah, here's another throw from the twenty. Let's see what you can do with that. The, you, you don't take the points off the board. But regardless. Everybody needs to calm down. It's practice. It was a good day for the offense. Uh, they're trying some new things out there, and and I think the Dolphins and Tua Tungabailoa will be better for it. And no Jalen Waddle today. So there you go. There's a there's another excuse we can build in. He's another one they got a bubble wrap like the little kid from uh, little, little Giants. Giants. They got a yeah. bubble wrap him, and yeah, he's he's another one. I mean, I don't put too much stock into this training camp stuff. I heard you sitting there saying about people that used to follow it religiously. I was absolutely that person. That's the whole reason I ever got on X, I guess is what we call it now, right? The whole reason I ever joined like, you know, 15 years ago was just to read these play-by-plays. But as I get older, I'm fine with just, you know, recapping everything at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, the two picks, not too worried about that, especially against uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense. Um, I did like what I heard about the Miami Dolphins defense. I think Jaden Phillips had two sacks. There was video going around of Bradley Chubb getting completely stoned by – um. Laramie Tunsil, and no pun intended with that. I mean, he was <laughs> one he was one hand in him. And um, the Dalton Schultz thing, I saw he was unstoppable. So I was wondering where Eric Rowe was. Those were some of the things that – Classic really Dolphins, out. right? Can't yeah, cover classic. tight ends still. Guys, I think the hardest question I have about this week, about battling with the Houston Texans, is can we officially – is this the dress rehearsal? Is this – is week two, week three now? Can we confirm yeah. – so last so. year, Tua didn't play. There's only three preseason games now. Tua did not play in the first preseason game. He did play in the second, and then surprisingly played a little bit in the third game as well. But I do believe he took a majority of the snaps, um, at least a majority of his snaps, in the second preseason game. So, yeah, I think I'm with Josh here. I think it is the dress rehearsal, um, which should be interesting. And it's at an odd time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. my time, on Saturday afternoon, so on NFL Network even, so we won't have to find these uh, illegal streams we were scrambling for last weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. That's epic. I didn't realize it was on NFL Network. Sick. The biggest question I have about this uh, dress rehearsal is when you look at game one of the preseason, Miami's wide receivers with the two most snaps were River Craycraft and Cedric Wilson Jr. Now, to me, that kind of – it seems like hollow calories – kind of in a sense where you're just kind of going out there and doing stuff. I don't know if you're learning anything. It's like going and eating a butt ton of fast food, but then you realize you're still hungry. So you go and get more. Um, that's either, that's either the preseason or munchies. I'm not entirely sure which is which, uh, but looking ahead to this game, I'm just very curious to see who are going to be those wide receivers to get the most snaps because we're starting to hear a lot of great things about Eric Azucama, Braxton Barrios, I think had like a 65 yard touchdown with the third team. Uh, so where do you guys feel this wide receiver group is going? We actually heard that Jalen Waddle could probably practice. We'll definitely would definitely play if it's a game, but they're kind of, again, bubble wrapping everyone. Um, where do you see the steps are going and is it going in a direction where you like, are there guys who maybe aren't getting enough attention they deserve just yet? 
Well, I didn't get to do the recap pod with you guys from the first preseason game, so you didn't get to hear my thoughts on this, but I am all aboard the Eric Ezukama hype train right now. You know, you saw people mentioning that he's going to be the Miami Dolphins' Debo Samuel, and when you saw him take those couple couple end-arounds and, and and move the ball well, I mean, he looked like a monster out there after he got the ball in his hand. I'm, I'm, I don't care about... Robbie Chosen anymore. I don't care about Braxton Berrios. Give me Eric Ezukama as wide receiver three. We got Tyreek, we got Jalen, we got Ezukama as our Debo, and we'll be unstoppable. Right? Right? Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably the long term plan. I'm good with that. I mean, Braxton Berrios has looked nice. We know that he's going to have some type of role. And um, you mentioned Robbie Chosen. That just. I mean, is he going to be a guy, another guy that I kind of got hyped about that's just going to get the axe? He like, might be. Did you guys see? I didn't see a single mention of Robbie chosen at today's practice. Did he even practice? Like that's, I don't, I genuinely do not know. I think he's just, just there. He, they're just keeping him in a box. He's probably being bubble wrap too, little giant style. Maybe. I and, and I like Robbie chosen. No I think he can bring an awesome element to this team. And I would keep him for, if nothing else, I would keep him to be Tyreek Hill's replacement. You know, God forbid Tyreek gets hurt, then you have uh, another speedster who at least can take the top off the defense. I'd keep him for that reason alone. You know, I understand there's special teams factors that you, you know, you gotta, you gotta think about here. But I like Robbie Chosen. I like Braxton Berrios. I really like Eric Ezukama. And then you got Tyreek and Jalen. Like, I'd love to figure out a way to get all those guys on the squad. I just, I don't know if it's going to shake out that way, especially when you look at Cedric Wilson and the amount of money that he's owed, whether he's playing or not. Did you guys have, are we know, do we know if Robbie Chosen has practiced since last week because he didn't play in the game? And it's kind of strange because I thought that'd be like one of the more newsworthy things where one of your, um, you know, I wouldn't say, hyped up free agent signings but this was a signing where you wanted to track it a little bit like this is a newsworthy player this is a former thousand yard receiver and since like a couple days before the game and then no mention during the game he's been MIA so do we feel that maybe there's something going on here uh because when Mike McDaniel spoke about it he just said it was maybe just some uh banged up a little bit it was nothing too too serious could the Dolphins be trying to play something where he's someone who might be stashed on a practice squad? I mean, I think that might be going too far into the care. There's no Carol in HR because if he's hurt, you put him on IR. If he's healthy, you put him on the roster because he's a good player. I just don't know if there's a gray area we're completely overlooking. Yeah, I don't know. I think because he doesn't play special teams, he's probably going to get cut. And that sucks because I would like him on this team. I see Josh shaking his head over here. He's so disgusted at the idea that Robbie Chosen might not be a Miami Dolphin when week one kicks off here. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not getting a good vibe from Miami Gardens, from Mike McDaniel, that Robbie Chosen is going to be a member of this Miami Dolphins roster. I don't know. How do you feel about this, Josh? Gun to your head. Do you think Robbie Chosen is a Miami Dolphin week one? I mean, the more you guys talk about it, the more I realize he probably won't be. That's why I was gearing <laughs> no. up a little bit. I mean, the more you guys talk, it really doesn't seem that way, especially his salary and th- the fact that he's not suiting up in games. I mean, hopefully we see something out of him this week. I mean, if he doesn't practice this week or go out there and play in the game, then we definitely can- are concerned about him, right? I mean, then yeah, there's a very sure. good chance. And then I was thinking about it. If you were sitting there making roster cuts, I mean, I know he's a wide receiver. He, another wide receiver is probably going to land on the roster, but Miles Gaskin, I mean, this is a guy that we've talked about before. Would you probably keep Miles Gaskin around over a Robbie Chosen, right? I like I mean, that question. That's awesome. That's perfect. I would. You would. Based on what, you... We've, based on what we've seen this offseason, at least, right? I mean, Miles Robbie percent. Chosen hasn't done anything. That's that's why and... it dawned on me. I was like, if I was making a roster cut down, would – I don't know. I don't know why I thought about that. So, Jake, does your perspective on Miles Gaskin, this has to come from the preseason game against the Falcons, right? Because he looked great. Jake does like Miles Gaskin, too, even before that. What, like, you guys were giving me junk a month ago because I was like, we got to give Miles Gaskin some flowers as a former seventh round pick, hasn't get gotten paid. But yeah. I, I kind of look at it this way let's say every single team is in coach's pitch. They're all a bunch of seven-year-olds. Miles Gaskin is the best coach that can pitch to you in the entire league. He just seems like such the perfect just safety blanket. And I about a month ago, I would have had Salvan Ahmed ahead of him. Uh, but just the refresher and 
sure, call it overreaction, just knowing that the efficiency's there. There aren't going to be any drop balls. There aren't going to be any penalties. He's not great in pass protection. There won't be any drop balls unless Camp Smith's around. That's what Josh was just thinking. Um, <laughs> but I just see someone who's so safe and in an area where you have an offensive line that's full of questions. When you have a quarterback that has um, injury questions, when you have two running backs on the roster already who have struggled with injuries in the past, Miles Gaskin brings no questions. And to me, that is worth so much more than the questions that a Robbie Chosen or someone else might bring to the table, despite being the obviously better talent if we're talking like an overall Madden grade. And another thing with Miles Gaskin is, by all accounts, he's a good soldier, right? Like, exactly. he, you've, you've, you've never heard anything negative said about Miles Gaskin. And from a guy who went from the starting running back to now a guy who's essentially the fourth string running back, I don't know exactly what it's listed, but most people would have him as the fourth string running back for the Dolphins right now, maybe even uh, maybe even fifth string behind Savan Ahmed. But You've never heard him utter a negative word, whereas Robbie Chosen, he does have, you know, some 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 questionable moments in his past. And you do wonder if, you know, he's he's turned that around or maybe he brought a little bit of that to South Florida and maybe he's finding himself on the outs with this coaching staff just a little bit. And that's all that's pure speculation. I haven't heard anything that would indicate that that's the truth. But it's fair to wonder, based on the history of both these men, where Gaskin is, you know, you know, on the up and up at all times, and, and Robbie Chosen hasn't been. Everything with Robbie Chosen's been kind of weird too. I mean, didn't he like he wasn't really getting any reps in camp, and then he was asked about, and he just mumbled his way through the presser, and then the next day, I think he was catching balls, and then this happened. So, I don't know, man. I I, yeah. I hope he comes off the mill carton, and they find a way to use him. He shows out the space power ranger and he makes the roster, but they're going to have so many different options and different, uh, you know, players that they need to cut that I don't know that Robbie Chosen's done enough to make that 53 man roster. So the starters are going to play, uh, let's say a half. I think that's pretty safe. You know, it was so nice back in the day when there was four games because they'd play one quarter, two quarters into the third quarter. Boom. It just Done. measured up so perfectly. But as you guys look at the step chart and where things stand now, you know, it's a lot of moving pieces, but we have a general idea of how we feel about the starters. Is there a player to you guys feel that when they take the field come Saturday, that you're going to be really looking if this person is on the field to begin the game. Um, it, it might meet, have like a massive impact. If they're not, do any of those players stick out to you? Because two to me right away, I'm really looking for snap counts. One, Eric Saubert. Eric Saubert, I'm getting a little queasy about, about how comfortable he is in this offense and where he fits. And number two, just to kind of help you guys get your brain going, um, Emmanuel Agba. That's another one. We saw him play a decent amount in the first preseason game. Him, I'm not worried about getting caught or anything, but it's more of just where he'll fit in the rotation. So are there any of those guys for you that might be like that monkey wrench in that starting lineup? I like the guys you named there, Jake. And I think by uh, multiple reports from multiple reporters, Eric Saubert has had an awful training camp, just has looked bad at, at every opportunity, um, which is not good because uh, most people would say that the tight end room in Miami is not a strength and that might be putting it lightly. Um, so maybe they're looking for somebody to shake loose and maybe they can bring somebody else uh, into that room after some cuts are made. We'll see about that. Um, Emmanuel Agba, I think. I think you know what you have with Ogba, and I think it might be bubble wrap time for him as well. Uh, pass rushers, that's a premium position in the National Football League, and the more you have, the better you are. So I'd like to see him stay healthy. As far as where my eyes are going to go, maybe it's the cliche answer, but I have, to, I have to look at that offensive line, and I have to see, is Liam Eikenberg on the field with the ones when the game kicks off? If two is out there, you are getting your – what the Dolphins want to be their starting offensive line come week one. You're going to get that if Tua is out there. Maybe minus Teron Armstead. You might see Kendall Lamb there since Armstead is kind of working himself back into game shape right now. Um, for me personally, if I was the coach and Armstead wasn't out there, then Tua's not out there either. I'm not putting Tua out there if Armstead's not out there. You know, not when we're still in the preseason. Obviously, you get to the regular season, you don't really have a choice if Armstead goes down. You got to keep your starting quarterback in. But for me, if Armstead's not playing this weekend, then I'm not playing Tua either because I know what I have in Tua. I know what I have with this with this offense, with these weapons, Tyreek, Jalen. I don't need to see those guys at all, at all. If Armstead's not out there, I'm not playing him. But uh, I think you will see Tua regardless of Armstead. Um, and I, I'd like to see if Isaiah Wynn 
he's starting at left guard or if it's Robert Jones or if it's Lester Cotton or if they're still, you know, holding on with a hope and a prayer here that Liam Eikenberg will finally figure it out and, and they roll him out there and, and let him sink or swim for the last time. So I'm going to keep my eyes on that offensive line. Yeah, I hope the coaches are listening to this. Hopefully they're listening because I, I like that. If Teron Armstead isn't out there, I don't want to see two out there. But it's not um, worth you, know, it. you said about the cliche being that offensive line. I think it's more cliche to sit here and say the first thing I'm going to be looking for is if two is going to be out there because that's all we're all going to be paying attention to, right? I mean, um, the quarterback that's two battles. That's what we want to see. Yeah, the QB two battle is going to be cute and nice. I mean, those guys move, are both – uh, yeah, they got to figure it out for sure. But I want to see two out there. That's what I want to see. I want to see two get some reps. Bubble wrap him after this game. Hopefully they are listening, knowing if Teron Armstead's out, not out there. He's not out there. And then on defense, I want to see Channing Tindall, what he does based off of last game. I mean, um, he looked like he was in control a little bit at times. I mean, he was moving all over the screen, making plays, um, looked like a leader in that defense. Yes, he was going up against, what, second, third stringers. But how does he take from that and build on that? And then what does David Long Jr., are we ever going to see him again? I mean, where, what's he what's he up to? Is he going to be playing in this game? He's not listed with an injury. There's a there's a bunch of people here questionable from Cam Smith to Brandon get Jones. His, get his ass out there. I want to see him I, out. There. I think David Long's baseline is injured. Like <laughs> based on Mike Vrabel's comments in Tennessee. So, I think... so sad after watching him. He looks so good. <laughs> Shoot, if he plays that well injured, let's hope he gets healthy at some point because he might be an all-star here. Rubber band um, hamstrings or something like that. Isn't that what he said about him? Can I give you one more kind of off the radar thing that maybe shouldn't be off the radar? Special no. teams. Special teams. This special teams unit needs to step it up. They were bad last year, and obviously against the Falcons, they were bad once again, allowing a punt return for a touchdown. So let's get this figured out. Danny Crossman, can you do your job, man? Like everyone keeps telling me how good of a special teams coordinator you are, but at some point you have to stop talking about it and maybe actually be about it. So I'm going to look for the special teams to just play a nice solid game, not give up any crazy returns, no touchdowns. And let's see if we can finally uh, have a, a, a mediocre, a, a decent special teams here in Miami for the first time in a while. This is why someone needs to rank the special teamers. We need someone that just focuses on these special team coaches. Cause we just listened to all the hearsay about Danny Crossman being this great coach. I mean, he's been absolutely atrocious lately. I'm going to pull you guys back to the offensive line real quick because I did an ep uh yeah, I did an episode. I did I wrote a story for the Finsider last night about some Robert Jones quotes. And he had one where at first I was like, you know, that's pretty cool, but the more I think about it, I'm kind of a little concerned that the Miami Dolphins offensive line, the approach is kind of what they were at cornerback last year where it's just kind of be aggressive and pray everything works out. Uh, Jones had this to say about what the focus is in training camp. That is the number one thing coming into OTAs. Dominate the line of scrimmage and fire off the rock. You hear that, you're like, yeah, we're going to be tough and physical. Then he says, we'll work with technique and everything later. But we want to show our dominance in the trenches. We've been doing that every single day. Oh boy, did I get a little queasy hearing we'll work on technique and everything later, seeing that the preseason is about as later as you're going to get to work. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like he just wants to be a bull in a china shop. And he's he's not worried about uh, knocking some of this fine china over. Uh, unfortunately, the fine china in Miami's offense is Tua Tungavailoa. So if, some, if that fine china is getting broken, we got a problem here. So you might need to work on some of that technique, to your point, Jake. I got fired up hearing that. I was, I'm maybe I'm in the all by myself on that, but I got fired up listening to that. Robert if Jones, you, starter for sure. If we're comparing it to Miami's cornerbacks, you can't call pass interference on a wide receiver or on a lineman, not even. So, yeah, something to keep in mind. I just thought that was a very weird, weird quote. Um, to speak to the sorry, sorry to jump around a little bit, but to go back to the special teams, we did have Jason Sanders, you know, knocking in a 49 yarder. Um, so Jake close Bailey. to a 50 yarder, right? If it would have been one more yard, we would have been like, he's back. Jake Bailey kicked a 50 yard punt. We got that going for us. I guess that's a thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the idea of special teams because I think that's where we'll see some guys. Um, Miles Dorn was pretty interesting in that first preseason season game. He's someone who could impact special teams. Um, Aubrey Miller, the backup linebacker, another guy who seemed really comfortable next to Channing Tindall. He's another guy that could be special teams. Uh is there anyone else we're missing, guys? I mean, Deshaun Hand is another name. 
it blows my mind how often during a preseason game, we talk about the Dolphins, what? Hours upon hours every week. And there are still guys who go out there in preseason that I've never heard of before in my life. That I <laughs> yeah. had no idea were on this 90-man roster. Uh, so do you guys have everyone else out there? I'm going to throw Cameron Good, a former late-round draft pick, who I thought is kind of, you're seeing his name a little more on the field. But um, are we missing anyone to kind of keep an eye out for come Saturday? Maybe the safety battle. Who's going to who's gonna start opposite Javon Holland? Is it going to be Deshaun Elliott? Uh, is it going to be Trill Williams? He might see his first game action uh, in quite a while. If you remember, he, he got injured in preseason last year, training camp last year. So he didn't actually play a single snap for the Dolphins last year. So we might we might get to see some Trill Williams uh, this weekend. And I'd be interested to see where he's at because he had all the hype in training camp last year before he got injured. So if he can, uh, if he can contribute to this team, maybe not even as a starter, but on special teams uh, and as a guy who comes in and, and spells these guys a little bit when they get tired, uh, I'd be interested to see what Troy Williams can do. Yeah. Once I want to see Brandon Jones back sooner than later, please. Brandon Jones. I mean, he should be that guy next to Javon Holland, at least in my opinion. And he said, please, Dolphins. So you have to listen to him. Please. He was very kind about it. And, and Vic Fangio likes his three safety sets, too. So you could see uh, a Javon Holland, a Brandon Jones, and a Deshaun Elliott defense all at the same time. And, and those are some big hitters right there. I'd be excited to excited to see what they can do as a trio. Gentlemen, we are about to enter the second game of the preseason. I thank you both for joining me to do this. Um before we wrap up here, I, I know everyone hates hearing this, but uh, if you can, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. I know a lot of people who listen to the show, yeah, I'm looking at you, you're listening to me, hit that subscribe button. Help others find the show. It'd be greatly appreciated. And if you have the time, we'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on the Another Dolphins podcast feed. But gentlemen, we will be back next week. We got some fantasy football-related content coming, and we'll be back with a review of Miami's game against the Houston Texans. Uh, but until then, thank you all so much for joining us. And until next time, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up. <laughs>